Michelle Smith has become one of the voices of college softball. As ESPN's lead analyst, she gets to talk all the time about the sport she loves. It's a sport she played at the highest levels, first as a kid in New Jersey, then as a collegian at Oklahoma State, then as a pro in Japan. She also won a couple gold medals at the Olympics. Her passion and expertise run deep, and fans hear it when she calls games. She'll be doing a lot of that this weekend during ESPN's broadcasts of the games from the highly anticipated Clearwater Invitational. We'll talk about that and much more. But first, I want to say a word of thanks to these sponsors for supporting The Jenny Carlson Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association. Two Fellows Movers. Mid-First Bank. The National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. FireLakeJobs.com. NextGen Roofing. 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And hey, if you're thinking about moving, let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you. We know two fellows who love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free no-strings quotes for your move. With over 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end at moving either. You need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We've got you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. Well, Michelle, hey, thanks for so much for joining us today. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I always love an opportunity to talk about uh, softball. So this is this is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, here we are talking on Wednesday, Valentine's Day. Seems fitting. We're going to yeah. talk about something we both love quite a bit. So here we go. <laughs> now, we know you're in Florida gearing up for uh, the Clearwater Invitational. And I was looking again at this uh, this field, Michelle, and my goodness, I mean, so many great teams by my count, what, 10 top 25 teams. I mean, this is an amazing field. Yeah. I mean, you have got to come with your A game this weekend if you're going to survive. Um, you know, the environment's going to be incredible nonetheless. I know that it's early in the season. There's going to be a lot of jitters, uh, you know, for a lot of the younger players, but it's a great opportunity for the fans to see some of the best teams in the country um, you know, in person and also uh, on television. You, you can't beat it. When we've got a uh, softball on TV in February, it's a bonus for our sport. Yeah, and I think people here in Oklahoma, I think the early games start at like 9 a.m. Oklahoma time and go basically <laughs> until midnight almost. I mean, it is wall-to-wall softball you guys got going on. Yeah, it's 40 games in four days. Uh, there is a crew. This is probably the largest crew of ESPN employees together um, outside of the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. So it's kind of great that ESPN uh, events has uh, created this event to to basically bookend the uh, softball season with the Women's College World Series at the end. And this is at the beginning. And, you know, it's just there's a lot of people that love this sport, a lot of dedication. And um, there will be a lot of uh, short nights for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be fun when you're awake. That's for sure. So yes. I- I'm curious from your perspective, what team or teams are you most interested to see in person this weekend? And, you know, if people weren't aware, you got to see three pretty good ones who I want to talk more about here in a little bit last weekend in Texas, o- Oklahoma State and UCLA. But um, what about this field? Are there teams that you in specific are really looking forward to getting an eye on in person? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could almost list every uh, one of the 16 teams in the tournament, but I'm, I'm really excited to see Washington. That's a good young club. Um, Coach Heather Tarr has done an outstanding job. Only 16 or 17 on the roster, so probably one of the smallest rosters out there, but great pitching. Um, just a, a, as Coach Tars does, she puts a really quality team on the field. So I'm excited to see Washington. I'm excited to see Stanford and Nyjah Kennedy. I mean, we saw how good she was last year at the Women's College World Series. Um, she's just a star in our sport, so she's going to be super exciting. I think the matchup I'm most excited about is going to be Texas-Tennessee. It's a rematch of the Super Regional last year. Tennessee is outstanding. Carlin Pickens, back for her sophomore season, throws the ball hard. Probably the hardest thrower. Her and Nyjah Kennedy to, uh, Kennedy to, together are probably the two hardest throwers. But Pickens, um, you know, if she can control her stuff, she's going to be hard to hit. And then, you know, you've got Kiki Malloy. You've got a great offense um, for Tennessee. They're just going to be really, really fun to watch. Texas is a good young team. I think that they're going to, um, you know, give Oklahoma – a run for their money uh, along with Oklahoma State. So I, th I think that this Texas program has five incredible pitchers. They have a freshman who just was outstanding last weekend against UCLA. Um, so they're, they're a fun, fun uh, team to watch. Mike White always puts on a, a really good show uh, with his team. So that, that's going to be outstanding. But if you look at Kentucky had a great first weekend. They upset Stanford twice. Uh, you could go on and on. LSU, I think, is a sleeper team. So you know, if we had 24 hours to talk about this, I could probably uh, really get dive into <laughs> about every team. But it's this is a stacked field. Yeah, it is really, really uh, high quality games across the board. And, um, you know, you mentioned players like, you know, Kennedy and, and Kiki Malloy and, and just, you know, all Americans all around. But what about these players? I mean, look with these quality of teams, you're sure to see a lot of really good players. Anybody that you think maybe ready to take a, a step this year and you're curious to sort of see where they are at this point in their season? I think Reese Atwood, the catcher for Texas, is a superstar. I mean, she showed it last year. She was outstanding against UCLA. Uh, Vivi Martinez, you know, they just have a lot of great young athletes. I mean, that freshman and sophomore class for Texas is outstanding. Oklahoma State as well, Talon Edwards is and that leadoff spot is just a spark plug. I mean, she's playing a great third base. Uh, excited to see what what she can do. Um, you know, there's just so many incredible women uh, that are are going to be putting on their uniforms for their respective clubs and 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 playing some great softball. So, I mean, if you're looking to to see some highlight reels, I think you're going to see it. You know, from almost every club. And that's the thing I love about our sport right now is that. There's so much parity. And if you look at this, these 16 teams, anyone can beat anyone. I mean, you might, you know, think about some of the, the teams in this tournament that are not in the top 25, but they're still capable of playing really good softball. Georgia Tech is not in the top 25, but they played Alabama very strong in the opening weekend. So, you know, there's just a lot of improvement with a lot of these clubs and just a lot of great athletes. I'm, I'm excited to, to see all of it. Hey, take take a, a step back and, and put yourself from your college days into the game today. I mean, it wasn't that long ago you were playing. You might say differently, but it wasn't that long ago, <laughs> Michelle. And yet the game and the sport seems to have 
really taken it to a different level. How do you think your play as a you know standout pitcher? What how how do you think your your part in the games and just what it would have looked like for you? How do you think it would have been different if you'd have been a player today? Well, you know, I think there's a lot more opportunity, a lot more visibility. I mean, I was very fortunate. I played in a time where there weren't as many distractions and, you know, I just got to play and did what I loved and didn't really have to worry about being pulled in a lot of different directions until, of course, I became an Olympic athlete or a professional athlete. But, you know, these young ladies are trying to handle this at 18 to 22, 23 years old. And it's very easy to... um to get off track at times. So I, I feel like I was very blessed in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the times that, that I played ball, but I feel like today's opportunities for these young ladies is um, exponential. They have so much more ability, so much more reach early on in their lives. Uh, you know, I, I had to, I had to move halfway across the globe to go play professionally in Japan at a time when nobody wanted to do it. That all my Olympic teammates looked at me like, you are crazy. Why are you, why are you going all the way to Japan? And I was like, because I love to play ball and it's an opportunity to go play ball professionally and get paid and play year round. And um, now everybody wants to go play in Japan and wants the opportunity since we're in and out of the Olympic games, unfortunately, to continue to play at an elite level, which is why I do think we need to continue to grow our sport outside of the collegiate um, ranks. I think that, you know, our game is very popular. The, the college softball um, statistics show that on TV. I mean, ESPN invests a lot to be able to show our sport. Why? Because people love to watch it. It's all a great thing. But, you know, I think at the top of our sport, we need to do some, some more things to, to keep growing our sport. So would I love to be playing in today's time? Absolutely. Would I love the visibility? Absolutely. Um, but there's a lot that comes with it for these young ladies. Yeah. You know, I was reminded of just the the reach of the game now, the college game, uh, just earlier this week with Jordy Ball's injury. I want to talk to you a little bit about that, obviously. Former yeah. OU pitcher, now Nebraska, tour ACL. I mean, Obviously, we don't. It, I mean, I think it's great that college softball, we don't see a ton of catastrophic injuries like this, season enders like this necessarily. But you being a pitcher, you know what, uh, what the, the, you know, how much of a uh, landing point that plant leg is and this type of injury. What's just your what's your sense of just how this injury may affect Jordy and, 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 and the game, too, at large? She's such a, a big presence in college softball. Yeah, it is unfortunate uh, for Jordy and for Nebraska. I think they sold out their season tickets immediately once uh, you know she was made the move. So there's going to be a lot of disappointed uh, you know Cornhusker fans that aren't going to get to see her this year. But she's already made you know the statement that she can't wait for 2025, and it, it actually pushes her now out to 2026. So maybe that helps Nebraska be able to recruit some younger athletes to say, hey, I could have an opportunity to play with Jordy Ball in 2026 now. So you always have to look at the silver lining in it. Um, you know, I had a, a very um, traumatic injury between my freshman and sophomore year when I was at Oklahoma State. Um, I unfortunately broke my foot the la very last year I played in Japan um, on a ridiculous base running error on my part, but still it was my landing foot and I had to, to deal with it. So I do understand, um, you know, the arm injury she had last year and this landing leg injury she has now, what she's going to have to overcome. And it is difficult, but with today's technology in the medical world, I think they're going to be able to, you know, put her back together and um, she'll be able to make those adjustments she needs to make to be able to be out there. She's, uh, you know, she does have a unique form the way that she really gets out there and puts probably more pressure than normal on that front side so 
Will she have to adjust her mechanics a little bit? That's a possibility, but that's probably, you know, a year off after she gets back to having a healthy knee. Yeah. You know, obviously that was kind of the big headline coming out of opening weekend, but you alluded to it earlier, the big storyline of the parody. I mean, I think we knew it was there. You see more and more teams that are capable of making the Women's College World Series, but, you know, we're a weekend. Did you expect the parody to be so obvious so quickly this season? Probably not so quickly. I think that is the, um, I, I think that's the pause and that's not a pause for concern. It's just the pause that like, wow, this is impressive that so many clubs were prepared and were able to get the butterflies flying information, you know, and, and they didn't, um, you know, go into games and just allow the, the top 25 ranking to defeat them. You know, there were, you know, if you look at last night in a really, um, not very common midweek Tuesday game, Louisiana lost a doubleheader to Mississippi State. Now, granted, it's a long day for Louisiana to bus up there, play a doubleheader and have to bus home. I I believe that's what they did. But um, Mississippi State is a perfect example of a team that's outside the 25. They knock off Louisiana, who's in the top 25. Um, they've got a new pitching coach, Taryn Mowat comes over and, you know, I, I like to call it the Taryn Mowat effect because she just can do a really good job with, with pitching, uh, pitchers, um, being a, a, an outstanding pitcher herself. So I think we've got quality coaches. I think that teams, um, there's quality talent and these kids believe by watching tape that they know and have good game plans that they can beat someone in the top 25. So the parody is absolutely there. I think we're going to see it all year long. And, um, you you can't show up and not not have your A game and expect to beat anyone in the top 50 probably the top 60 RPI. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I want to I want to talk more about as we're talking about parity, the three teams you saw last weekend because I think they speak to that parity, but I think these three teams could also be maybe three of the bigger stories potentially this season. I want to start with Oklahoma State, your yeah. alma mater, big win <laughs> over UCLA, a run rule victory. What'd you like about what you saw of the Cowboys in that game and just, or the Cowgirls and that, in that game and overall, frankly, Michelle, you know, that team, they, they just seem fun. They seem light and that's a great thing. You know, they just uh, like almost a new lease on life. Uh, I think a lot of people thought, Oh, you lose Kelly Maxwell. Your, your season's going to implode. And, and it shows that it, it hasn't. I think that this is a team that's made, you know, Kenny Gajewski has done a great job rebuilding his coaching um, staff around him. I think that, Carrie Eberly is doing a good job with, uh, you know, her pitchers and Lexi Kilfoyle look good. Ivy Rosenberry look good. Um, you know, just, they've got talent. They've, uh, they're just a decent staff uh, that throws in a lot of different directions, a lot of heavy ball, a lot of down. So that defense is going to need to be important, which is also what Kenny Gajewski really likes to live on. He's a defensive guy. Um Vanessa Shippy Fletcher is doing a good job with the hitters and, you know, late change to their, their hitting coach uh, at at the end of the fall. A lot of people thought, wow, that could be an adverse situation, but they look like they've, they've picked up and and they had fun on, you know, they were fun and light on the field. And that's important in this game. You have to play free. You have to want to be out there. You have to be in a situation where you believe in yourself. You believe in the people around you. And that's really what I saw from Oklahoma State. Megan Bloodworth is a perfect example. She looks comfortable in that shortstop position. And, um, you know, they were just a fun team to watch this weekend. Now they're going to be very challenged here in Clearwater. So it'll be interesting to see what we get, but they really took it to UCLA. Yeah. Everybody's going to be challenged in Clearwater, but you're right. Daunting for any team. If you look at their schedule, uh, let's talk about UCLA because 
Two and three to start the year. Very unbruin like run ruled by not only Oklahoma State, but Texas, a really uh, high run rule with, with the Longhorns. Is this some sort of start of the end of UCLA dominance, or is it too early to even go that far after what we saw out of the Bruins last weekend? I think it's too early, but they are at a critical point where this weekend's important. They need to show up, and they need to show up different than what we saw in the first weekend. I think they have to figure out a way to pitch a little bit better. But we knew coming into this year, pitching was, you know, of the the, the part of the game, of the you know, pitching, defense, and hitting. We knew that the pitching was probably going to be the weakest aspect of those three. They were going to have to rely on their hitting and on their defense. And their hitting and their defense really was not good this last weekend. They made some errors that didn't help that young pitching staff. And then they didn't put runs up on the board. I mean, this is a club that's going to have to beat people um, and put at least five or six runs up on the board because I think their pitching staff is probably going to give up three or four runs a game. I mean, Taylor Tinsley is very good, but she only threw 10%-ish of the innings last year. When you have a Megan Faramo and a Brooke Yanez and you're ranked number two in the country, there's a lot of pressure to throw those aces, and those young kids don't get a lot of opportunities. And so now all of a sudden, um, you know, Tinsley's in a position where she's got to figure out how to be a ace pitcher when she didn't get a lot of experience last year. Um, she's very good. She's got a great rise ball, very good off speed. I think she just needs to use them a little bit differently. She needs to figure out how to throw that rise ball to righties, not at their hands, but above their hands, because the couple of the pitches she threw at their hands, Reese Atwood just, you know, it left the park very quickly. So this is a UCLA team that, um, just like Texas two years ago, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? Texas came into Clearwater two years ago, went 0-5, and then ended up making the championship series against Oklahoma, um, the first unseeded team to do so. So, you know, you can turn things around, but this is a very good UCLA team. They just have to show it, and they have to overcome injuries. They had some unfortunate injuries over the first weekend, um, to GL, um, Janelle Mionio and out in the outfield, which was unfortunate. Ramirez as well, who was the one of the leading hitters for them, went down in right field. So they're they're going to be challenged. There's going to be some adversity, but Kelly and away Perez and company are going to need to figure out how to get that team, you know, straightened out. They always seem to be right there when it comes time at the end. So wouldn't be surprised to see the Bruins in Oklahoma City. But yeah, yeah, very yeah. interesting. Another topic that will be of interest to everybody in the state of Oklahoma, that's the Texas Longhorns, Michelle. (laughs) People at OU, people at OSU want to know about Texas, and obviously that huge win against UCLA, sweeping the doubleheader. I mean, they're now number two in the country. Is I mean, oh, the, the 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 line of demarcation between Oklahoma and the field is pretty wide still. I feel like we've talked for 20 minutes and we're just now talking about the Sooners. So, man, but... Is is this Texas team a legit uh, number two and a team that, you know, could really be challenging Oklahoma for that top spot? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, I'm impressed with them. I was impressed with them last year, you know, starting four or five freshmen. And um, and they got 100% of their pitching back. They got, I think it's 81% of their home runs back, 82% of their runs scored. I mean, this is a high power team that is young and experienced and they're hungry. They have a little bit of an edge, you know, they're going to compete on the field. Uh, they added another great pitcher as if the four pitchers they returned wasn't enough. They, they had um, Tegan Kovan, uh, who was just outstanding against UCLA. She did, and that's what I love about Mike White. He, he's going to throw the freshman against UCLA in Westwood. And she just shows up and throws five, five great innings. He's got a little bit of trouble in the, in the six, but I mean, just an impressive 
outing. They played good defense. They put runs up. And, you know, game one against UCLA was a little bit tight. They um, they capitalized on two UCLA errors. But then they came back the very next day and beat UCLA 16 to nothing. So this is a Texas team that's very legitimate. I think that they have the opportunity to um, match up very well against Oklahoma, especially they know Kelly Maxwell from having played her when she was at Oklahoma State. So it's going to be fun. And I think I think those matchups are important for our sport. If you go into a game knowing or thinking someone's going to win, it's not that intriguing, right? We need the intrigue back where who's going to compete with Oklahoma and, uh, and, and keep people interested and vested in the sport. Yeah. More Mike White in Oklahoma City. Yes, please. I'm all for that. He's always <laughs> entertaining. So bring it. Bring it. Uh, before we let you go, let's talk about the Sooners for just a second. I know yeah. you didn't get a chance to see them in person, but you know, everybody keeps an eye on what they're up to. Um, what did you think about them? What's your, what's your early impressions of the three-time defending national champs? Well, they are the three-time defending national champs for a reason because they've got great talent and they always have a way to, um, to bring people in as well to um, help solidify maybe any open holes. So they're going to pitch very well. Um, You know, Kelly Maxwell was outstanding, Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. So, um, you know, she's always going to be great. She's experienced in her fifth year now. Um, So I think she's going to be a big leader for that team. But I think when you have um, just the, the talent that they have, one through nine, behind that pitching staff, you know, a lot of times we don't talk about their defense a lot because everyone talks so much about their pitching and hitting, but they're one of the best defensive teams in the country as well. And, and yeah, they graduated some people last year, but this is a team that is absolutely built to, you know, for Pete to do the, you know, do something that nobody else has done before. Um, so, you know, I know that UCLA is a... Uh, probably had that on their mind too, because they're the only team that had ever three, three peated. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how this all plays out, but the Sooners are very good. Patty Gasso always has that team looking sharp. You know, that championship mindset is, um, is not just a, it's not just a game day thing. It's an everyday thing. It's an everyday practice thing. And because of that, they're really, really prepared and they're, they're fun to watch. You know, a lot of energy, a lot of, a lot of great athletes on that club. Yeah, I don't know if the Clearwater Invitational is missing anything, but man, throw the Sooners in that field and everybody would have been on edge every single game. 100%, 100%. But, you know, they've got a lot of superstars and they're doing their superstar things. And uh, But it's a long season, you know, and as long as they stay healthy and, you know, they don't get in their own heads because uh, it's easy to do that. I, I think that this is a team that um, they might drop a game here and there, but sometimes, you know, Patty has always said that it's those challenges, how do they respond? Those are the things that sometimes make a good club great. And, you know, sometimes the setbacks are set up. So this is going to be an interesting season for sure. Well, an interesting weekend ahead, lots of games on all the ESPN networks. People just need to go and figure out when they can start watching and when the last game is, because it's going to be great softball. Michelle, we appreciate you joining us so much to talk about all of this. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, I look forward to staying connected through the season and seeing you all very soon. And a big thank you to all of you. If this was your first time hearing or watching The Jenny Carlson Show, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Also, subscribe to our newsletters from the homepage at selloutcrowd.com and download our new Sellout Crowd app for your iPhone or Android. Thanks again for being here, and we'll see you next time.